So uh, we're going to look at two different scriptures, both from the New Testament, both written by the Apostle Paul. He would have also said power. Uh, Romans 12, verse 1 and 2, uh, very well-known scripture. Many people consider this their, their scripture, their life verse, if you will. Uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, I urge you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship and do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what the will of God is that which is good and acceptable and perfect and then we'll turn over to uh, Colossians 3 verse 9 and 10 Colossians 3 9 and 10 says this do not lie to one another, since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices and have put on the new self, who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. A renewal in which there is no distinction between Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, and free man, but Christ is all and in all. So may the Lord bless the reading of his word, and may we be reminded this morning that there are times when we need to have a renewal, or what I like to call, uh, you know, where, where we have a spiritual self-examination, okay? And every so often in our lives, we need to do that. We need to be reminded uh, of what we have promised, God. So I guess you could say, in a way, I'm talking about covenant, right? Uh, that's a word you don't often hear, but you think of a marriage covenant, you think of a soldier's covenant as we uh, make promises to God, and not only to God, but to uh, our brothers and sisters in Christ. And so um, that's what we're looking at this morning, renewing who you are, and how do we do that? Well, I know many of the young people have left the room, uh, but um, one of my, my all-time favorite Disney movies is the, the greatest one of all, The Lion King. Uh, in the middle of the movie, there is a scene, and I, sh I wish I could have it played, but where Simba, the, the, the young lion, the uh, Mufasa's son, uh, is discouraged, right? He spends about half his half the length of the movie discouraged. He knows what he has to do to get the kingdom back from his uncle Scar. Um, if you've ever actually uh, this this movie, as many movies and and other shows, is actually based on uh, Hamlet. The uncle kills the dad, and the son has to come and take the throne. But uh, Simba needs some direction. So what does he do? He looks up. He looks up to the sky. And when he looks up into the clouds, he sees something being formed. And it turns out to be his father, Mufasa. His dad is standing in the air and says to Simba, Remember who you are. 
remember. Now, I've often said that uh, you could take the Lion King and do a Bible study with it because there's just so many different uh, imagery to me of, of the Christian life. But, you know, we need to remember sometimes. Sometimes we forget. Sometimes we forget the commitments that we've made. Not because we're evil, not because we're hateful, but because we're human. We sometimes forget what we've promised. If you promise a child anything, the next day they will wake you up at 4.30 in the morning to help you remember what you promised. Sometimes we need to wake up, right? Sometimes the Holy Spirit kind of has to shake us and say, hey, don't you remember? You know what we were often told when we'd go on uh, church trips? We'd always be told this, and many of you too. Don't remember who you are, remember whose you are. Sometimes as adults, we need to remember the same thing. So many times what we tell young people to do, we don't even do. But we need to remember whose we are. There are certain times in life where we really have to get serious and maybe get alone for half a day or a couple of hours and, and really take a spiritual inventory of, am I, as one song would say, am I really who I'm supposed to be? We are Christ's. We wear his brand, so to speak. We are walking advertisements for Christianity. And if that doesn't get you at the altar, I don't know what else can, because we all fail. So we need to be reminded, we need a renewing of the things that we uh, promised that we would do. If we have totally given our lives over to the Lord, it's not our life anymore. We no longer have ownership of ourselves. 1 Corinthians six nineteen and 20, Paul is speaking of sexual purity when he says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have received from God. You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. You see, it, he was reminding the Corinthians, who, who really come from very carnal, uh, a very carnal lifestyle, that they are no longer to do with their body what they used to because it's not their body anymore. Jesus bought it with a price, so it's good to remember, or better yet, renew the promises that we made. It's just like when you, you know, when you see, uh, some of you have here uh, celebrated, you know, 50th anniversary or 25th wedding anniversary. What are they doing? They are remembering what they promised and renewing again the very vows that they promised each other years ago or you know, the Patricks are not here with us. They went to their 50th uh, commissioning anniversary. I don't know what you call that. That's what I call it. Reunion. I couldn't think of the word. Why? To remember that special occasion. We all do this. We, we have anniversaries. We celebrate birthdays. We, even the Christian calendar is full of dates that we renew ourselves. We remember Christmas uh, last week, what was it? Pentecost Sunday, right? We talked about the Holy Spirit. And so renewal is, is, is new, but it's not new. It's something that we should do 
especially when we, you know, it, it, there's one song that my wife loves, uh, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. And in the song, it actually says something, and I, I won't say it word for word, but verbatim, basically, I can tell, I can sense when I begin to drift away. And, and, and the songwriter says, Lord, I sense it. And I'm thinking, you know, this was a songwriter who wrote a beautiful hymn, and he's talking about there are times in my spiritual life when I can feel myself drifting away from God. And sometimes we need that reminder, hey, don't forget who you are. Don't forget what you promised. In chapter 12 of Romans, verse 2, Paul writes about renewal, and he says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Now that doesn't mean we are perfect. But that means complete. It means whole. The word renewing in verse 2 can be translated as renovation. How many of you ever done that to your house? Took years off your life, didn't it? You probably had to go through marital counseling when it was over with. It's hard to renovate. It's hard to take away what's been there for years. It's hard to see something new, even if you know it needs to be different. Be transformed by the renovation of your mind. Basically, God's Spirit basically comes in and literally cleans house. You ever said that to somebody? We're finna clean house. That's usually a, a, a danger. But that's what the Holy Spirit does. He comes in and renovates how we think. We are renewed daily by the spiritual input of God's Word, prayer, Christian fellowship. When we continue in these three, our lifestyle continues to be renewed, being transformed. Transformation is from the inside out, but when we are conformed, we are allowing the world on the outside to change us on the inside, and that's dangerous. When, those, when that begins to happen, that's when we, we need to remember who we are. Paul speaks about renewal. He's talking about something that happens from the inside out. Eugene Peterson, when he wrote the message, he paraphrased this verse like this, and, and very much easier to understand. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what He wants from you and quickly respond to it. Let me say that again. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. When, you know, you know uh, what, what can begin to happen when we lose Christian fellowship, we, we stop reading our Bibles, we begin to drift slowly but surely into areas that, uh, where we need renewal. You know, friends, let's be honest. Christians get divorced. Christians commit adultery. You know how that happens? Well, I'm not here to give you a biology lesson, but this is how that happens. A slow drift. They don't wake up one morning and say, you know what I'm going to do today? But it's little by little by little and then one day they wake up and they say how did this happen it happens because little by little we begin to fit into our culture without even thinking we become numb to the holy spirit's conviction in our life 
We need to renew those commitments to the Lord. They're, they're, he doesn't forget the commitments that we've made to Him, but we forget. We have all made different commitments to the Lord. Some of us have made commitments as uh, lay leaders, soldiers, Sunday school teachers, uh, Salvation Army officers, volunteers. It doesn't matter. Those commitments are all important. And I'm going to tell you, I wear red, but blue is just as important. Without blue, there's no red. Friends, we need the body of Christ, soldiers, officers, lay leaders, to be truly committed to what God has called them to. I can't be committed to what God called you to. You can't be committed to what God's called me to, but we need to be committed to what the Lord has called us to individually. Because one day, He's going to say, so what did you do with that? You know the parable about the talents? And, and, and I always kind of felt bad for the guy that hid them because I kind of felt like he thought he was doing the right thing. But he really wasn't. And God gets on to him and says, you, you were supposed to use those talents, not go hide them. The commitments that we have made to God, first and foremost, to love the Lord. That's, that's the one commitment. That's the main thing. That's what every other commitment is connected to. So we need to make sure that we're serious about this. One of the ways we continue to be faithful in our covenant with the Lord is to be mindful of those covenants. You know, that's why we make soldiers' covenants an important thing. That's why we, we take time uh, to, to, to make it important because it is important. One songwriter wrote, And if thy judgments make me quail and give me cause for grief and pain, yet shall thy love uphold me still and bid my spirit rise again. And so with eyes that see anew the task that thou to me hast given, let me my covenant renew and bring a worthier gift to heaven. David prayed that his spirit in Psalm 51 would be renewed after he sinned with Bathsheba and killed, had Uriah killed. He said, create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. God's spirit needs to be renewed, and his spirit is renewed when our spirits ask for forgiveness in our life. We often say, David committed adultery with Bathsheba. Well, yeah, and he, he also had a hitman kill his, her husband. That's pretty bad, too. He would have been great in a soap opera or a movie. And yet God, in time, used the prophet Nathan to help him painfully remember. Isaiah wrote about renewal in Isaiah 40, 30, and 31. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. You know, there's some people who have a condition where they have to get uh, vitamin B injections. And they'll tell you that it, it's, it's almost like new life going back in them. That that vitamin creates in them uh, energy and, and, and it renews them physically. The Spirit of God renews us when we are tired, when we are emotionally exhausted. The Bible tells us that if our hope is in God, He will renew us. 
When you're tired and you're wore out, you can't renew yourself. But the Holy Spirit can. In Romans chapter 12, going back to our our verse, Paul stated that we are transformed by the renewing of our minds. We talk so much in in church and and, uh, in, in the Christian way about our heart. But, you know, really our mind and our heart, it, 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 it's really connected. He says, renew your heart or renew your mind, excuse me. And, you know, when it talks, when, it, when Paul talks about the armor that to put on the full armor of God, notice when he talks about salvation, he doesn't talk about your heart. He talks about your, the helmet of salvation protects what your head, your mind. Your heart and your mind, it works together. It's in tune that whatever, the, whatever is deep in the heart, the mind thinks and ultimately the mouth says. Remember I said this renewal is from the inside out. God's Spirit renews us from the inside out. Paul speaks about renewal again in 2 Corinthians four sixteen. This verse is true for all of us. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away. I know you didn't want to hear that, but outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. Thank God the spirit man does not look like the physical man. If you are a Christian, you are being renewed. That supernatural vitamin B is being put into your supernatural bones every day by God's spirit. By God's word, and we talked about this morning in Sunday school, God's word is living and it's active. It's God-breathed. And so when we take scripture, we are breathing life into our spirit. We're being renewed. On the outside, well, you know what's going on on the outside. Slowly we are dying. But inwardly, the person that you are, truly are, the person that was meant for eternity, that person is being renovated. And sometimes when God renovates us, it's painful. It's not as fun as it looks on those TLC shows. When they take a sledgehammer and knock a wall out, and they say, ooh, that felt good. You know, when God takes a sledgehammer to us, it don't feel good. But when the work is, being, when the work is completed, we say, wow, look, look at them. Our testimony this morning is that we are not what we used to be. There has been a transformation. There's something has been renovated. I love how in Ezekiel, God actually says, I will take your stony heart out and put a heart of flesh, a real heart. I will, I will give you a heart transplant. I will renew. In other words, you are dead on the inside, but it, with my spirit, which is life, I will breathe into you just as he did to Adam. I will breathe back into you my life. So in other words, we're not meant to be what we were before Christ came into our lives. In fact, I think it was A.W. Tozer that said it is impossible for a person to have an encounter with God and come back the same. You see, going back to the Lion King, after Mufasa's death, Simba was told to run away. And never come back. So he did. He ran away. And in so doing, he forgot what he was. 
In fact, there's a great part in that where he meets up with his little friend, who, who he eventually, I say he gets married, but y'all stay with me on that. She says, don't you know who you are? You're the king. And he looks at her dismayed that somebody like him would be a king. You see, because of the life he was living away from Pride Rock, his father had to remind him of who he was. He was very much the prodigal son who needed to return. Friends, what we often forget is that the royal blood of Christ flows in us. And that means that we are held to a higher standard, not by the world, by God. And that in itself should keep us seriously in touch with him. I love how uh, somebody tweeted out, people love to say only God can judge me, and they said that should terrify you. You should not walk around chest out thinking, I can do what I want, only God will judge me. Well, well I'm, that's, that's, that should scare you. There are times in our lives when our Heavenly Father has to remind us of who we are. You're not to say certain things. You're not to be in certain areas. That doesn't mean you shouldn't have, and I'll say this, you, you should know unsaved people. We are not of the world, but we're still in the world. How can you change how can you help witness to people if you're not in some way uh, surrounding yourselves at some points with non-Christians? Jesus ate with sinners not to have a good time, but to, to change their hearts. And so there are times in our lives where God, sometimes he takes a sledgehammer, sometimes he whispers. But it's always to remind us of who we are. Sort of like what King George V had to do with his son. On May 28, 1972, the Duke of Windsor, the uncrowned King Edward VIII, died in Paris. On that same evening, a television program recounted the main events of his life. Viewers watched film footage in which the Duke answered questions about his upbringing, his brief reign, and his eventual uh, abdication. Recalling his boyhood as Prince of Wales, he said, My father, King George V, was a strict disciplinarian. Sometimes when I had done something wrong, he would admonish me saying, my dear boy, you must always remember who you are. As Christians, we too need reminding who we are and, as I said earlier, whose we are. Paul said, hey, you're not your own. You know, the truth is, we're all slaves. We're all slaves either to the world or to God. When you would read, especially in the King James, where Paul would start off his letter and he would say, a slave of Jesus or a bond servant, we, we, for, because of our history in this country, we read that in a wrong way. You see, if to be the servant of the king was one of the highest privileges you could have. And Paul is saying, I am a servant of King Jesus. You see, you know, Bob Dylan was right. You're going to have to serve somebody. And it may be the devil and it may be the Lord, but you're going to have to serve someone. We are not servants in and of ourselves. We, we've all been bought with a price. Allow God to use your body to glorify him. Renew your mind. Going now to Colossians 3, 9 and 10, Paul says, 
Don't you love these simple reminders? Don't lie to each other. Since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self. You know, we need that reminder. It's not good to lie. Even, you know, uh, if, you're, if somebody in your family says, hey, does this make me look fat? I don't know what to tell you. Just don't lie. Maybe, you know, you, you just say, you know, I, I, I didn't hear you so well. Can you speak up? But he says, you've taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here's the great thing. Right now, right now, as I speak at 11.50, I know what time it is, 11.50, as you said here, you're being renewed. Notice the verse says that you are being renewed. It is present tense. You have been renewed, but you're also being renewed in the knowledge of your creator. Our spiritual renewal is not something that occurs one time. It's ongoing. We are being renewed day by day. So we are uh, even right now in the process. We like to call it sanctification. We are being renewed. God is, is, is getting rid of our old self. That renovation is continuing. And it will continue. We will go from sanctification to glorification when we are with the Lord. John Wesley believed it was so important for him to renew the covenants he had made with God that he wrote a covenant prayer. And this is what he says. He prayed this prayer, I am no longer my own, but yours. Put me to what you will. Rank me with whom you will. Put me to doing, put me to suffering. Let me be employed by you or laid aside by you. Exalted for you or brought low by you. Let me be full, let me be empty. Let me have all things, let me have nothing. I freely and heartily yield all things to your pleasure and disposal. And now, O glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you are mine and I am yours. So be it. And the covenant which I have made on earth, let it be ratified in heaven. Amen. Now that's a pretty strong prayer. Let me be brought low. Let me suffer. As one uh, retired Salvation Army officer used to say to me, I never heard somebody say I was called to a smaller church. It was always I was called to a larger church. But what if God calls us to be low? Then we, then we would say that's okay, right? That's what John the Baptist said. I must decrease, he must increase. So this morning, what covenants or promises have you made with God or other people that you made in the sight of God? You know, marriage isn't the only covenant you make in the sight of God. You make all of them in the sight of God. In this morning, I think all of us would say, I haven't always been able to keep my part of the bargain. We're human. But when those times happen, that's the opportunity to renew. That's the opportunity to be mindful of whose we are. Allow this time to be a time of spiritual renewal for you. Maybe like 
Simba, we have forgotten who we are. Let God remind you how much he loves you. You see, because really when he draws us back to himself, it's out of love. Even when it seems painful, it's out of love. It could be that you haven't been that faithful in keeping those covenants. And when we're not faithful, we realize it's on us. It's not on God. God gives us the strength to be faithful. Allow him to renew, as David said, a steadfast spirit within me. We're going to sing a chorus that many of you know very well. It's in our song.